Hey, everybody, it is Trags. Welcome back for episode 26 of the Jungle Roar podcast, a Cincinnati podcast dedicated to the Bengals, who this Saturday, I think, are going to finally win a playoff game for the first time in 31 years and two days. And here to talk all about it, none other than somebody who's been around for that long covering the Cincinnati Bengals. I think a very appropriate guest for the occasion, the one and only Jeff Hobson. We call him Butch of Bengals.com. Uh, Butch, thanks for joining me. You're looking forward to Saturday, I assume? Tregs, thanks for having me on. I, uh, You're the guy. You've probably covered more playoff games than anybody in that press box. Uh, probably, yeah. From New England, right, I would say. Probably in the uh, – I have. I would say probably in the, in the 40, 40 to 50 range, I bet. Uh, let's see. Oh, definitely. Uh, yeah. let's, let's say on an average of three playoff games per year, right. the last 15 years. So yeah. 45 games, three times yeah. 15, right? 45. But so, so I should be interviewing you. Uh, you'll, you'll get your chance. I'm sure <laughs> you can, you've had me on a couple of round tables and I do appreciate that much. Yeah. No, I, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I, uh, Trags, I think they ought to uh, should. I mean, I think they ought to take the blueprint from November twenty first, yep. and don't and don't alter a semicolon or whatever they do. Uh, don't alter a, a spreadsheet or whatever those guys are doing. I mean, to me, it worked. That's that's perfect. And I don't think I don't think Gus Bradley, the Raiders' defensive coordinator, is gonna you know is gonna see God overnight and change. So that's a great point, uh, place to begin, I think, Butch, is, and I was on the uh, Zoom call, as were you today, and as we record this on Tuesday, and I asked Joe Burrow, Gus Bradley is known for his cover three, uh, which is designed to essentially play man defense underneath with two safeties high, take away deep passes and whatnot, and that, to a large degree, worked for the Raiders. But the bank, what the Bengals took advantage of in that game on November 21st at Allegiant Stadium was they were patient with the run game. Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, rather, had just 25 yards, I believe it was, on 11 carries in the first half. He had 97 yards on 17 carries in the second half. It made all the difference in the world. And I think, like you said, that is what I think the Bengals' formula for success is. But what I asked Burrow was, are you going to see a lot more than just cover three? Are you going to see different – do you anticipate seeing different looks? And Burrow's answer was simple and to the point, we'll be re- ready for whatever they throw at us. You know, I think if you're Gus Bradley, you're looking at the stat sheet and you had to like what it said. The longest completion was 17 yards, which is perfect after, right. Chase, had, uh, after Chase had strafed everybody in the first two months. Not only that, Joe Burrow had a career low 148 yards. You got to like that. I mean, nowadays, Joe Burrow gets 148 yards brushing his teeth. You know, you look at the, uh, he's coming off a 446-yard game. In his two games against Gus Bradley, he's got a combination of 341. So hard for me to see Gus altering things. I agree. And, and, and to your point, two games against Gus Bradley, because of course the Bengals faced the chargers and Joe Burrow's first professional game game in which Randy Bullock's calf gave out and missed the mm-hmm. field goal at the end that would have tied the game and sent it to overtime, but we're past the 2020 season opener. We are into the 2021 postseason, which is actually 2022, of course. And, you know, let, let's get to the, to the, 
the cloud that hangs over everybody at this point of the year and when the Bengals make the playoffs first time since 2015 they got to execute and this is what I wrote on Tuesday execution not exorcism is what's going to win for the Bengals take care of the football and stick to the game plan put the game in the hands of your best players I think in this game it's Joe Mixon and I think that's the formula for for success you know if you look at their seven trips to the playoffs in two of them, they didn't have their starting quarterback. In one of them, and it, it, Dalton didn't play in 15. Carson right. basically didn't play in 05. That's right. Exactly right? right. In 14, they went into a playoff game without A.J. Green, Jermaine Gresham, Tyler Eifert, and Marvin Jones. Well, you weren't winning that one with Aaron Rodgers. Right. Um, in 2011, they had Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton was a rookie in Houston. You're not going to win that game. You're not going to win a game with a rookie on the road. Mac Jones is going to win on the road uh, in Buffalo. Rookies don't win playoff games on the road. Yeah, especially not going to win when it's going to be zero or two below a kickoff. So to me, the two that got away from him down through the years have been the 09 game against the Jets. And the court, and when you're talking about your best players, Carson did not play well in that game. And the 2013 game against the Chargers against the Chargers is, uh, you know, I mean, uh, you got to beat a team coming to the West and it's the same, you know, you hate that you get a little nervous, but they beat each other. The Bengals that year in 2013, they were a month removed. They were a month removed from pounding the Chargers. I'm glad you brought that game up because in that game, we all remember what happened right before halftime, the Gio Bernard turnover. If that doesn't happen, um, there's a significantly different outcome to that game on the momentum changes and all of that. There, there, there's, to me, no doubt in my mind that if uh, you know the Bengals hold on to the ball there, they are able to you know go forward at halftime, pick up the mom- momentum in the second half, and I think uh, they take care of San Diego. But, hey, that's in the past. And uh, the, that example, though, Trags, in that game, I don't mean to cut you off, but sure. before we leave 13, that was a perfect example where they did where they changed the blueprint. They they went to San Diego in 2013 and pounded them on the ground. And if I'm not mistaken, the game ended in a four minute drill when they had the ball. When they had the ball, they had to Clint Bowling tore his ACL in that game on the fifth play, and they had to move Witt in the guard. And Anthony Collins came in to tackle, and they ran the heck out of the ball. And uh, you know, a month later, they did. You know, I get. You know, they did not have a similar game plan because I think after Gio fumbled, I think there was a little bit of, uh Oh, we got to get, you know, we got to, we got to throw to stay in this thing. And, you know, I ended up throwing 51 times and I, I, you know, who won, you know, teams don't win playoff games throwing 51 times. Uh, no, they do not. For, for the most part, they don't. Um, I would uh, want to move on uh, Butch and talk about, Joe Burrow's attitude, his demeanor, his leadership, because I know you wrote about this. I know you've addressed it uh, several times. And do you think it is a big deal that Joe Burrow has played in national championship games and that he has screw the curse, whatever that is. I'm Joe Burrow. I'm about championships. You think that's legit? Yeah, I do. Because I mean, geez, we saw him do it two years ago. I mean, that's not the first time he smoked a cigar. You know, he won the whole thing. You know, you know, you talk about pressure. You know, everybody's talking about pressure on this team. This team has burdens. What about what about trying to bring home a national championship in Louisiana in the Superdome? 
trying to finish off an unbeaten season. That's pressure. But, you know, he looked like he was, you know, that championship game, he looked like he was all for a morning jog, you know. And, you know, you got to remember, and I don't, you know, I know it's high school, but it's still, it's big games. I mean, you know, played in the uh, guys used to the bright lights. He almost, uh, he took Athens. Athens had never been there to the, to the, to the bright lights of a state championship game. He almost won. I mean, so I think that stuff counts. I think that stuff matters, you know, now, I mean, mean, you know, if they, if they can't block Max Crosby, it doesn't matter if he won five, you know, national championships. So correct. But I do think he's your guy. I do think, you know, he, you're talking about, you, you hit it right in the head drags and you saw Brady do this for two decades. If you're going to win games like this, your guy you can't do what Dalton did in 13 and underthrow Green and have Green yeah. drop what should have been a catch. There are two guys late in that San Diego game had a chance to turn around, didn't do it. That doesn't you can't you can't win that way. So I think uh, you know I think I think you're exactly you know your big guy you know Carson Carson came out wild high in 09, you know and uh, just just can't you're not going to win if that that your 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 guys have to play. Okay, Butch. Um, we all saw the game on Sunday night because we were wondering who the Patri- who the Bengals were going to play, either the yeah. Patriots with a tie or a Chargers win or the Raiders with a Raiders win. And I saw the Raiders give every ounce of emotional and physical energy on that Allegiant Stadium grass field on Sunday night. It is hard for me to imagine that they are going to be able to come out and replicate that kind of energy on Saturday afternoon, 4.30, short week, traveling cross-country, uh, you know, two-thirds of the way across the country. Yeah. How do the Bengals take advantage of that? Boy, they got to get out fast. There's no question about it. I mean, those guys, those guys are unbelievable Sunday night. I mean, Max Crosby, I mean, he just left every – I mean, he had left every inch of uh, – is That's what impressed there. me. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and Carr, Carr made some huge throws and great catch. I mean, Zay Jones, another uh, little, little bit of Bengal history there. Zay Jones, the nephew of Jeff Blake. Oh, so, you know, there's always a, there's always a piece of history. There's always a strand. Butch, always that's why I'm having you on this podcast. That's, <laughs> but, you know, Zay like. made some, Zay made some terrific plays, uh, you know, and I mean, they were, you know, but it's, I, I was thinking the same thing. I want the Raiders to win. Because how much gas do they have left? You know, I was, you know, I've been doing a story on the Freezer Bowl and a lot of the guys had mentioned how Miami, I mean, how the Chargers had come yes. up, had come from Miami in, in 100 degree, you know, in 80 degree heat, they come up in 100 degree difference in the Freezer Bowl. And, that, you know, the weather won't be as severe, but certainly the circumstances are where you have to do it again, where you have to. And I know they talk about it's a different, you know, the playoffs, the adrenaline comes, but I, I, I still think it's tough to go on the road after giving everything you got in a game like that. Remember in 81 for Kellen Winslow getting carried off the field. I do remember and, that. And that was, uh, you know, they didn't have any gas either. A lot of it cause it was cold, but you know what? It's going to be cold too. It's going to be, it's going to be uh 28 degrees maybe. Yeah, so, there won't be any snow. Wind right. shouldn't be a big deal. This is not going to be, you know, the freezer bowl where, no. you know, you had 59 degree wind chill. It's not going to be that, but it's going to be cold. Yeah. Um, but it's I don't challenge. It's going to be a challenge for an AFC West team that plays indoors. Yes. And has played in the heat for most of the season. Uh, a quick aside, the Patriots are facing a very similar circumstance 
to what the Chargers did back in 81. Speaking of the freezer bowl, Patriots played in Miami on Sunday and no, they didn't win the game. They lost, but they were in the playoffs anyway. They are going to have to on a short week, mind you play in Buffalo on Saturday, Saturday night, the game after the Bengal game. And it's going to be zero to two below that difference on a short week with a rookie quarterback. If Bill Belichick finds a way to do what he did on that Monday night game in Buffalo, a couple of weeks, which everybody in new England, you know, I've talked to people, friends back there. That's what they're going to say. They're going to say, you know, he's going to pass it three times, four times tops. And we're going to try to run the ball. Buffalo should be ready for that. It's going to be to me a near impossible task for the Patriots to win that game. Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't put, you know, that's a lot, Butch. No, that is. But you know what? The Bills knew in the second half they were running the ball on that Monday night game, and they never stopped it. So, you know, they're going to maybe they have to play nine, 10 men fronts, and then boom, there's Mac. There's Mac coming up against the 10 man front. But I'm with you. It's a tough nut up there. Uh, like I say, it's tough for a rookie quarterback in the playoffs. That's just so you know. much to ask, but yeah, it is. It is. I mean, Dalton, you know, what a great year Dalton had in 2011 first quarterback, first rookie quarterback in history to win nine, to win nine games and throw 20 touchdown passes and go to the playoffs. But in Houston, you know, tough, uh, it's a tough with, one, man. That's with JJ Watt, right? I mean, JJ yeah, right. Watt played that game. Right. Um, took the ball out of his hand basically for the last play of the half. Speaking with Butch Hobson, uh, you can follow Jeff Hobson on Twitter at Jeff, G-E-O-F-F, Hobson, Sin, C-I-N, all one word. Make sure you follow him, especially uh, leading up to this Saturday afternoon's wildcard game. Um, we've mentioned Max Crosby and the, the beast he was on Sunday night. There's no question about that. Yannick Ngakwe, Bengal fans know him from Baltimore. Yeah. What, do you, what do you think of him? I think they know him from the first series on November 21st. If I'm not mistaken, he caused the sack strip, I think. Yes. And, and uh, so, you know, he's, uh, he's active. He never, he, he doesn't get any ink because of, because of Max, but I mean, uh, you know, I, Brian Callahan thinks they're the two best. They may be the two best. I mean, um, it's, it's a challenge for these Bengals tackles. I mean, uh, I think Jonah Williams has probably played better than people want to say he's played. Um, and I think Prince, I think they got, a, you know, I think uh, they got lucky. I think where you're going with this is I, I think Isaiah Prince, instead of Riley reef, who did play in that November 21st game and struggled I, a little bit and struggled. Um, yeah. I think with Isaiah Prince, um, they get an upgrade there, frankly, and in just in pure production and the, and the play level right now, um, I think they get a, a big boost there. And I think they're going to be able to help be able to handle those edges, but there's going to have to be a lot of help. Yeah. I I think, you know, they, you know, their identity is the three receivers is 11 personnel, but I just don't know how often you can run that with those guys. I mean, tracks, let's face it. The best pass protector is is Mixon in 30 carries, you know, so they're going to have to agree. They cannot, they cannot, they cannot go out there and get 16 for 58 yards because, you know, nobody would, I don't think anybody would uh, hold up on that. You can't, you know, I don't think you just can't, they're not banking on throwing it 40 times, you know? So, but I think you're right about Prince. 
I think you make a great point about him. Um, I think they feel like, uh, you know, they've got a guy, they've got a kind of a diamond in the rough. As all there, I think they really are high on these young guys. I think they were happy with the way Dante Smith played in Sunday in Cleveland, you know. And, I, you know, Prince is athletic. And I think, yeah, it's not going to be perfect against Crosby. He's beat up a lot. He's He may be as good as Watt. You know, he's this guy is really good. and But Prince is athletic. And I think that's the one thing that he gives them. You know, he's a lean, athletic guy. He's not particularly stout. You know, that worries you a little bit. But uh, – He's, he's athletic, he's smart. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, I think, uh, I think they could do a lot worse when their backup uh, starting tackle goes down to be able to turn to this guy. And I, I give credit to their, to, to their scouts for jumping on Prince when I, Miami let go of them and they claimed them right at I, the end of right at under, the end of the 19th season. I think, first of all, I don't think enough has been spoken about. Yes. There was a lot spoken about uh, Duke Tobin rebuilding the defense and he deserves full marks, but I think the depth on this roster is a lot better than I think people thought coming into the season. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, and they played Isaiah too, the coaches, uh, you know, Fred Johnson got a lot of work last season, but clearly Isaiah princess is, is Frank Pollock believes he's got a guy that he can mold. And he used Isaiah a lot as the third, as the uh, third, uh, you know, as a third tackle, the, you know, the extra, the extra tight end. So, you know, he's got, he's got some snaps to him, you know, and I thought it was good that they played him, you know, they played him against a really good pass rusher Sunday um, in Cleveland. And I, you know, I think that's going to help him. I think, you know, like I say, you know, two, you know, two years down the line when this line is gets to where they want it to be, I think they look back on these five games, six games, and they're going to be glad they had Prince and they played him. I think that, you know, if the Bengals can win on Saturday and build momentum going into wherever they play, whether it's Tennessee, whether it's Kansas City, or if by some miracle, the Patriots and Steelers both win, Bengals would get another home game. But whatever, if the Bengals can build momentum, I think the offensive line has the capability of being that sneaky storyline that nobody's yeah. going to be talking about because right. I do think if if the Bengals are going to showcase or be able to show off what or Burrow's able to show off what he can do the offensive line's got to be at least passable and maybe even a little bit better than that for Burrow to get throws down the field like he did against the Chiefs yeah I mean you know you've you've covered enough playoff games to know Trags that there's also going to be a wrinkle too right that these guys you know they throw wrinkles i know the raiders don't blitz you know they blitz i guess less than any other any team. team in the nfl right you know does that do they throw a wrinkle in there do they you know do they fire out something i mean i think it's i think uh i think bradley's well aware of burrow i think you know his burrow is smart so i think it's a great hate to say it but you know chess match you hate to say that, but that's, uh, you know, they, I think that's a Burrow's, uh, improving in his chess game. We're, yes. we're coming to find out. Yes. But Cheeto is Cheeto. I think is probably the King. Yes. He's the King in there. I think he's been playing a long time. So I know although Joe has too, I think, but I think, you know, Joe uh, used to play it. He, he, he let this go in uh, the Tuesday zoom call with us that he's been playing it since his, um, elementary school days when uh he didn't want to go outside he wanted to stay inside that's that was his game of choice chess 
I hope uh, I hope he'll be outside winning chess. I hope on Saturday. So you know we're, we're laughing about this, and it's a cute story and all of that. To me, though, there is something to to be said for in chess. You have got to think quick. You've got to think two to three moves ahead. And what does Joe Burrow get a lot of credit for when he's back there reading defenses? He's literally reading a, a football chessboard in right. real time and projecting where pieces are moving. And I think his brain is programmed that way, that that's why this is a big, that's why this isn't just a cute sidebar, right? Feature story on Joe, what Joe takes up Joe Burrow's time when he's not playing football. It's more than that. And maybe I'm reading a little bit too much into it, but what do you think? No, I I agree with you. In fact, I wrote uh, in the spring, I wrote about Awuzie, about his, uh, how he got to play chess he, he's really into it uh he's on chess.com he he got in a, a, i guess a grandmaster actually uh, watched him play one of his games and uh he talked about the same type of thing trags that you know it helps him you know kind of view the you know he views it him and the him and the receiver are playing are playing uh, are on a little bit of a board you know and uh he, he actually played it with a receiver Amari Cooper and he were, uh, you know, we're right. uh, just Dallas. So the wide receiver. So, yeah, I do think there is something to that. There's no question about it. And I think some people, and I'm not wired this way, uh, but I think it, uh, you know, if you're good in math, I think if you're, if you're good in math and, uh, uh, and I'm terrible, I can't play chess. I'm terrible at math. And, you know, I was awful when we would do, uh, you know, freshman football with, uh, you know, the plays and everything. I was good on the quarterback sneak. Yeah, I can take the guy in front of me. But, you know, you got to have a math, you know, you got to have a math mind, you know, I think. And uh, I think, I think Burrow's got, I think Burrow's got one of those. So did you play for the Flyers, Framingham? I played for the Flyer, Framingham Flyers fra- freshman team, hmm. freshman year. And uh, that was, uh, I was a backup to uh, Micah Blondie, who later played center and linebacker at Tufts. And his oh. linebacker's coach was Kevin Gilbride. So the old, uh, the, the old, the old, uh, well, Oilers defense, you know, right. Everywhere, you know? And, and he and, and, um, buddy, buddy's buddy. But, yeah. Buddy, they were, they, but they weren't buddies though. Right. No, they certainly were not. I, I was making a sarcastic. <laughs> See, that's, that's where my new England influence yeah. of being too dry, too droll with my sense of humor. Right. People, people have criticized this about me. Uh, Trags, you're too nice to be. Trags, you're too nice to be from New England. Everybody knew when you were in New England. Everybody knew you from Cincinnati because you were too nice. If you were native New Englander like myself, you would have been hated. One thing about New England that rubbed off on me was the ability to tell a joke when people don't think you're telling a joke. That right? Am I right? And no question. Yeah, but you aren't flipping off. But you don't flip off people when you drive though. I, I, I'm not a mass hold. I am not that I real thank God. And I, I didn't pick that up. And my, more importantly, my two lovely daughters have not uh, picked that up while they uh, drive. They are lovely. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I, I hurt my finger. I hurt my middle finger playing basketball uh, one time and I couldn't drive for a week. You have to, you have to be able to, oh, you, have to be able to you have to be able to use the bird there in Boston tracks. Uh, yeah, you do. And it gets, uh, you have plenty of opportunity. Anyway, move on to Zach Taylor. There was a, um, a moment in Tuesday's zoom call with Zach that impressed me beyond the pale. 
And you know what it was? It is when he was um, relaying his moment where he was throwing a ball in really cold conditions for Nebraska. And it was, I believe, in Texas. Is that right? You know the story I'm, I'm getting you to? You said it was a Big 12 championship, championship game. game. and right? Which was in Kansas City. Correct. It was incredibly cold. And I actually, I remember it when they played those games at Arrowhead. Right. That's they, they, And it was a game against Texas. And he was playing for Nebraska. And Kyle Shanahan asked him at the combine. Yeah. That was why, why yeah. did you throw a hitch on that particular pass route when it didn't call for, they called for something else. And Zach went into chapter and verse recalling the play precisely. Yeah. And I know a lot of quarterbacks are able to do that, but it just showed me the breadth of knowledge that Zach Taylor has for the game of football. And it just, it's, it stuck out to me. And it's the one thing that, you know, I think, we've come to appreciate a little bit more about Zach is the guy is super bright. He yeah. knows so much about the game. Obviously we know who his father-in-law is Mike Sherman. Um, he's been around some of the best coaches, offensive minds yeah. in the game. And I think this year with Joe Burrow, um, some of that brilliance is starting to come out. Zach Taylor, like anybody else under, uh, you know, comes under a lot of scrutiny, for late game situations, he sure as hell did against the Chiefs, where that could have backfired, yeah. could have been catastrophic uh, at the goal line, not getting it in on fourth and fourth and goal, and they got a break from uh, the uh, illegal hands to the face uh, on a Tyler Boyd route, and they eventually kicked the game winning field goal. But how do you think Ty uh, Zach Taylor will fare in his first playoff game? I think if he can survive that very sequence you talked about, I mean, I, you know, he was this close to being Brandon Staley. I mean, but I think he believed in it. His team believes in him. And I think, you know, I think they felt like, look, they're not going to be able to cover these three guys. And they were right because in the, they couldn't cover them because they fouled them. You know, now they're lucky they got the flag, but I do think you have to tip your head off to Zach for, you know, doing what he did. Cause I, I, I think, uh, you know, you can second guess him to the hilt, but I think every Bengal fan also knew, Hey, if we only kick a field goal, Mahomes is coming right down the field. So, I mean, you know, right. you can, you can't have it both ways. You know what I mean? And I thought Zach did a, a you know, to me, you know, and I wrote a thing on this uh, last week, I wrote about Zach last week and, and, and you're exactly right when you're talking about, that. cause that is, uh, you know, Zach's Zach stick is he doesn't have a stick. You know, he's a he's all football, uh, probably a little bit of a nerd, maybe. And when you, you know, when you talk about it in detail like that, I mean, that shows you what he's all about. He's all football, a very focused guy. I think he'll do very well in this setting because I think, like Brian Callahan said, his temperature doesn't rise. Now, you may criticize you may end up criticizing something that he does, but I don't think he's going to do it because he melts. You know, I don't think he's going to, uh, I think he's got his wits about. Him. So I wrote last week and, and you may have seen this one, uh, but that I, my vote, if I had one for NFL coach of the year would go to Zach Taylor. Mm -hmm. Reason being, I think he's had the biggest hill to climb this year of any coach in the NFL. And he has traveled the farthest to get to the top, meaning at this level, 
um, getting to the playoffs, winning their division. Certainly, uh, Mike Vrabel has had his challenges with COVID injuries and whatnot and losing key, key players, A.J. Brown and obviously Derrick Henry. We all know that. Um, in terms of Matt LaFleur uh, with Green Bay, he's had to manage the um, Aaron Rodgers drama, but he still has Aaron Rodgers running the freaking offense, right? And he has Devontae Adams. And we saw them come to uh, Paul Brown Stadium. We know how talented they are. And the other candidate is our, two of them. Cliff, King, Cliff Kingsbury uh, started 10-0, and and they really struggled in the second half of the season and didn't win their division. And then there's Bill Belichick. And Belichick probably is the most similar to Zach in terms of the distance he had to go this year, but Zach yeah. had to go even farther because I think, you know, in, in New England, you have the culture. In Cincinnati, we didn't know if the yeah. Bengals had the culture in place until they started winning those close games early in the year. Yeah, I agree with you, uh, Trags, and that was a good piece. I think you uh, hit a, you know, I think you're right on, although I would say, uh, the biggest challenge would be Belichick because not only did he have the rookie quarterback, he also that's the heaviest they've been involved in free agency. You would know better than I. Yeah, but that's it probably is. the big. That's probably the biggest makeover he's had. He's had to do, and I and I think you know there's a special challenge with with a rookie quarterback. So you know I remember think I I remember back to 01. If I'm not mistaken, in 01, uh, the Patriots quarterbacks coach passed away dick rabine yes and belichick basically took most of the duties and Correct. by the way he it was into that it was in 01 when uh, brady brady was produced so you know he's a defensive guru but i think he also knows his way around offense but that said i agree, agree with you i think zach came the farthest because uh look at i mean look what has, has gone on the uh, the last two years that he's had to deal with uh, he's changed quarterbacks twice. The overall number one pick, he had to go under surgery. He was coming back from rehab. That's just on the field where they also had to have, you know, uh, seven new defensive starters trying to get them ready in a COVID situation where right. it was better than last year, but it's still a COVID situation that you had to juggle. So given that you got to, you know, you've got a uh, franchise quarterback coming off rehab. Um, you know, you've got a whole, you basically a, a whole new defense. I mean, I, yeah, I, I think it's, uh, and, and, and you win your division and you do things that haven't been done. You know, you sweep Pittsburgh and Baltimore, which, which they've only done, you know, once before in this century. And, uh, you know, and uh, to beat, you know, a, a two-time AFC champion in Kansas City to get the division. I mean, yeah, I, I think the guys – I don't think he's going to win it. I think it's probably going to be Lafleur, but I think this is one of those where, you know, Zach – just, just, just like Marvin should have won it in 03 when Belichick got it, I think yeah. Zach should get it, although I think uh, probably he's got a tough nut there with Lafleur. But I like you say, the guy's got Rodgers. I mean, you know – you know, Zach, Zach, Zach had to, you know, Zach, Zach, I'm not, I'm not saying LaFleur is not coaching, but Zach's really coaching. <laughs> well, right. And I think, you know, you're talking about a quarterback as great as Burrow has been, who yeah. is in his glorified rookie year, because there was a, a big portion of, of uh, Burrow's rookie year that went by the wayside with the ACL tear. Um, well, that, that in the pandemic. 
And the pandemic, right? Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah. let's get cut to the chase. Um, you don't have to give me a score because I'll leave that for online because I'm going to leave my score out because I don't really okay. have a score yet in mind. But who you got on Saturday? I got they're at home. And this is a different team than uh, this is a different team than 13 and 15 because of one guy. You get, you know, Burrow's playing with not, not only is he playing with confidence, he's got the whole team playing with confidence. I like the matchup because I think, like we talked about, the Raiders are gassed. They've beaten the Raiders. They know how to beat the Raiders. Right. Um, so they've got, they've got a lot going in their favor. It's just going to be a lot closer. It's going to be a lot tighter. They're going to be introduced. I mean, we can talk, they can talk about postseason football all they want. Zach can put up all the charts he wants. You don't know it until you live it, breathe it. Yep. It's going to go down to the end. It's going to be a nail biter. There's going to be, you know, you know, I'm sure I'll be talking to dead relatives here in the office with three minutes left, you know, but I think they, I think they find a way. I think they, uh, and I think the guy we're going to be talking about at the end of this is going to be uh, Joe Mixon, number 28. It's going to be the start of the game. He will. I think there's a shot. He'll break a record. Jamaz broken a record. Burroughs broken a record. I think, Joe Mixon gets to break Cedric Benson's single season postseason rushing back for the Bengals, which, if I'm not mistaken, is a buck 79, I think. A single game. Yeah, you're yeah, talking about game. against buck the Jets. Against, against the Jets. Yes, I remember yeah. that game. Yes. So yes. I think, uh, I think, I think, why not, why not finish it off with a, you know, you get a passing record and receiving records. Let's, let's, let's go for the Troika. How much of Cedric Benson's game came in that first drive against the Jets? That, that that he had a huge he was huge on the first drive. No, he was huge. He also, but he had a sixty. I want to say he had a sixty-eight yard touchdown run. Run. That's right. The that second touchdown. Him, that said that got him back in it. Really, you know. I mean, that was the that was a tough sled. If you were on offense, and that was uh, that gave them a shot. I mean, they missed two short field goals, and that was a you know those, that are, was, those were the Shane Graham misses, if I recall. Correct. Yes, that yes. was which is a shame. Most accurate Bengals kicker of all time, and that's how yeah. he went out. And that's how it went out, and it's a shame. So anyway, um, I like the Bengals in this game. I actually think they're going to win a little bit easier than than you do. I yeah. I just think they're going to be able to wear down the Raiders. I think they know what the Raiders went through Sunday night, and I think something Jonah Williams said on Tuesday during the Zooms is that we need to come out and we need to show how physical we can be as an offensive line. I think they're going to be uh, able to do that. I think Mixon, I think, uh, I think uh, Mixon uh, carries it to kill the clock there. And uh, it's a kneel down 27, 23. Okay. I'm going to say uh, 27, 19. Yeah, that's pretty I good. Get, yeah. I think the Bengals win this. Um, you know, we've been wrong before we'll be wrong again, but to every Bengal fan listening to this, <laughs> we hope we're not wrong this time. It's it, you look 31 years and two days, which is what it will be on Saturday is a long, long, long time. Oh, and eight in playoff games since the Bengals beat the Oilers. It's been a long time, Butch. Trags, in your honor, I hope Trey Flowers steps in front of Darren Waller to seal. We didn't talk about Trey. You've been on the you've been on the Trey Flowers wagon before anybody. I'm telling you, his and size, I like the guy his too. Length, yeah, his length. Yep. yep. And 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 who? Uh, I mean, 
Lou, we didn't even talk about Lou Anarumo in the year he's had. I think he has had close to a brilliant season. I mean, I don't throw that word around a lot, given right. who I covered for 25 years. Right. But Lou Anarumo has had a pretty fantastic season as defensive coordinator of the Bengals. And Flowers, to me, I like Flowers because he's a guy they haven't maybe they haven't had here since Chris Crocker, a guy that can play corner. And That's a great call. I love and I, that. You know, and and you need a hybrid. You need these hybrid guys. I mean, uh, it's unbelievable. You know what they're asked to do. It's amazing because what are the Raiders going to do, man? They're gonna they got to cover these three guys out there. And then what if Mixon's coming at you in the box? You know, you got to be you got to be like some kind of a, a some kind of another a different kind of a human being to play defensive back in this league, I think. I think that's why the Bengals are blessed with guys like Bates and Bell. They can do a little bit of everything, you know? And then you throw a guy in like Flowers who can come off the bench and give you, you know. Chris Evans has a touchdown in this game, by the way. I like that one. I like that one. It's uh, because I think they think they, you know, I think the linebackers, I think the Raiders linebackers are banged up a little bit. But you know what, Trags, maybe I'm wrong, but it looked like he beat a, uh, looked like Evans beat a corner. It looked like uh, Newsom was a little, you talking about Cleveland last week. Yeah. Look like, you know, I mean, this guy's, a, I mean, gee, this guy runs dogs like a receiver. I love him. That's why I think he could have a bigger impact come playoff time than a lot of teams. Or a lot you'll like of this. Uh, you'll like this, Trags. One of my uh, good friends in, in uh, Framingham. <laughs> Somehow, uh, you know, <laughs> last day of his fantasy football. And he texted me yesterday and he said, what happened to Piran? Because P. Ryan is a great pickup, as you know, for fantasy guys, because anytime he goes in, gets yards. He's very she productive. Does. But hey, they're they're trying to protect him. I mean, they went, I mean, they went, I thought Zach did a great job. He wasn't only protecting the starters, he was protecting the backups. And and depth. And it's and I said this to James Rapine of uh allbengals.com. I said, James. It t- tells you something that they're not playing P Ryan in this game against Cleveland, because I kind of like you, I or and your friend in Framingham, I assumed that P Ryan was going to get some snaps. And uh, I mean, clearly- he made a good call. He made a good call going. Although, I, if I had had a chance to talk to him, I also would have, because you know, I've been telling these fantasy people, you know, since since training camp, Evans, Evans is a sleeper, but he just he got hurt. He got a little nicked. Yep. You know, and uh, but I mean, you know, look how he ran the ball. I mean, he's a guy. I think he's going to have a very good career here. Do me a favor, Butch. Get some sleep this week. Yeah. Because we all know, and I've been there, and I'm sure you have too, the last time a Saturday game was played in the rain at Paul Brown Stadium. Uh-huh. It was a very you, – you left Paul Brown Stadium at 8 a.m., right? I walked out and yes, that's right. I, I <laughs> checked in on Mike to see how Mike Brown to see how he was doing. He had just got in oh. and uh, I uh, drags. It took me two. I, I, I got back upstairs at uh, two in the morning and I looked at my computer for two hours. I couldn't figure out what to write. Oh. <laughs> was- that, that, that was the night. To, I, and I say this, Butch, in, in all due respect, that loss to the Steelers, which this will be the first playoff game since then. Yeah is the worst loss in Bengal history. I think it's worse than the two Super Bowl losses. I tell anybody, any Bengal fan that that will listen to me, I will say to them every time that that was the worst game I ever saw the Bengals lose. It might be the only one that made people cry. I know that. That was just, it was My whole family cried. I mean, my whole family wept. So, uh, and uh, I, I, uh, you know who they were going to play? Trags. The next, they were headed to, they were headed to Foxborough. As my lead said, as I almost as I nearly posted, I'm glad I didn't. 
well, I, I got to tell you, Butch, this is always a blast. Thanks for uh, joining me. And uh, you're going to say something? No, thank you very much, uh, Trags, for having me on. I appreciate it. He is the one and only Jeff Hobson of Bengals.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Jeff, G-E-O-F-F, Hobson, C-I-N, all one word. Of course, follow his uh, work every single day. Uh, nobody has more complete coverage of your hometown Bengals than the one and only Jeff Butch Hobson. For Butch, I'm Mike Petralia, and thanks for listening to the Jungle Roar podcast.